Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. My name is Lauren. I am one of the preachers on the preaching team. And as always, I'm really excited to be with you all this morning. Well, I want to invite God's presence this morning before we get started. You guys want to come in agreement with me in that? We're going to invite God to come move and come work and be present with us today. So let's pray. God, in your strong and mighty name, would you come into this space? God, enter into our hearts God, would you begin to just move us in a way that maybe we have not seen before or in a way that surprises us this morning? Holy Spirit, come and calm and excite and energize and heal, Lord. God, would you put our focus on you and our eyes on you? God, would we walk out of this building different and change people because of your Holy Spirit? So God, we invite you to come and move. And so in your strong and mighty name, the people of God said... Amen. Well, growing up, my family's Thanksgiving tradition was pretty simple. So we would help my mom with last-minute groceries, and we would help her prepare, prepare the meal, and uh, then we would all gather around the dining room table, and we were starving, right? Can you think back to your last Thanksgiving? You were probably really hungry as you sat at the table. But before we would eat, my gracious parents would say, stop, stop. Before we eat, we have to go around the table and say something that we are thankful for. Ah, yes, Mom, I remember that tradition. Okay, all right. I remember saying I was thankful for the turkey just to speed it up. And I was genuinely really thankful when that dreaded activity was over. You see, I think being grateful, it it didn't come natural to me. And I don't think gratitude and thankfulness really comes natural to any of us. So my mom, also growing up, would teach us uh, how to write thank you cards to people when we were thankful for a gift that we were given or when we just really wanted to show our thanks. So my mom helped dig up this ancient artifact from when I was 10 years old, and I wanted to share this note that I wrote my mom with you. You guys want to see it? Let's throw it up on the slides. Okay, I'm going to try to read it for you. Ready? It says, Dear Mom up top, I love you very much. And good thing you are my mom. You are very special to me, and don't let me forget your kind, too, although you still haven't got me. Now, this is where I really practice the gratitude. Notice I tell my mom to speed up her reading. It says fast, a new pair of jeans, a black black pair of pants, new shoes that don't have holes in them. I'm starting to think you don't care about me. I'm kidding. I love you very much. Love, Lauren. And in the corner on the left, it says P.S. Can you guys read that? Could you raise my allowance? (laughs) Right, gratitude. I don't, I don't think it comes natural to us. It really has to be cultivated out. And so that's why this month we have been in a gratitude intervention because we believe that our church needs this right now. And so last week we had Doug talk about pray continuously. The week before, Brian brought us a good word on rejoice always. So today we're going to hammer out thanking God in all circumstances, in every situation. So let's throw up 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 
verse 16 through 18 on the screens, and I'm going to read this for us. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So this passage says that we don't just give thanks on Turkey Day when we're surrounded by eight awkward family members. We don't just give thanks when we've been given a great gift. We don't just give thanks when work goals are met or when ministry is thriving. We are to give thanks in all circumstances, in all situations, even when we are distraught, even when we are disappointed, even when we are disturbed. We are to give thanks in all circumstances. You know, in the last 10 years of my life, I've experienced suffering and pain and heartache and offense. And I've realized that if I'm going to maintain a posture of gratitude, then I've got to learn how to walk it out. I've got to learn how to embrace it. And I've got to learn to cultivate the attitude of gratitude. Does anyone garden here? Anyone a gardener? Okay, none of you garden. A few, okay, a few hands. Okay, you're like, should I garden here? My husband loves to garden. He loves it. He has a little planter in the front part of our house. He has peppers and cucumbers and little watermelons. In fact, look at this. Ryan grew this. It's a little pepper. Now, if you have a garden, you know that it takes your attention, yes? You know that it takes you watching over that garden with care. You can't forget to water it. You can't forget to fertilize it. You can't forget to weed it. You must watch over this garden with care. And the same goes for our thankfulness. The same goes with our gratitude. If you want to cultivate the garden of your hearts, you must care about it. You must, tend, you must basically enter in with an attitude that says, I want God to change my attitude of gratitude. It's an inside job. It's an inside job. So whatever happens to you on the outside does not determine what's going on in the inside. You tracking with me? So let's look at Proverbs chapter 4. It says a lot about this, about guarding your heart. Above all else, guard your what? For everything you do flows from it. Who else thinks of dating and romantic relationships when you see this verse? Okay. Growing up in youth group, this used to be the verse that would come up, all right, like if there was a romantic relationship and I was in not in the season of dating, I'd really need to guard my heart, right? Or if I was at the beach and there was something that maybe I shouldn't see, like, oh, gotta guard my heart, right? This verse is not about romance. <laughs> this verse is about holiness. This verse is about um, basically guarding your heart because everything you do flows from it. This verse matters because your inner life matters. And there must be intentionality with it. So what we're going to do is we are going to camp out in Psalms 107. So if you have your Bibles, turn there now. Or you can look on the screens as I will read it for you as well. So we have built our foundation on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And now we're going to build our house starting here at Give Thanks to the Lord. So give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story, those he redeemed from the hand of the foe, those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, 
and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Amen? Amen. So this is a song. This is a praise. This is glorifying God and thanking him in it. And so we do that today. We give thanks to God for the ways that he is working in our lives. Now, I want to throw up verse 1. Stevie, go ahead and throw that back up. I want you guys to notice this verse, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, occurs 44 times in Scripture. Okay, I don't know about you, but that feels like something we should pay attention to, yes? Okay, well, let's throw up the verse 8. Let them give thanks to the Lord. This shows up four times verbatim in this psalm alone. Now, notice that thankfulness is tied to who God is. Now, can someone say who? Okay, half of y'all didn't say who, so I need you to say who. It's tied to who God is. It's tied to God's grace and God's goodness and God's love, what he did. So the more we learn about God, the more we grow in relationship with Jesus, the more we get to glorify him and honor him and worship him and give him credit where credit is due. And so as I've wrestled in this season of my life around gratitude, just as I hope some of you have really been wrestling with this topic of, topic of gratitude, and I've needed this intervention, I, I've realized that it's time to put some of our words into motion. So I have three things today, three things that we can all be thankful for. So the first thing that we can be thankful for together as a church, let's throw that one up there. We give thanks to God for the global church. In the classic book, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis, some of you are familiar, he compares Christianity to a large hall in a house. And in this large hall in this house, there are many doors that connect to many rooms. And these doors represent the different facets of Christianity. And so this image has become the great hall metaphor. And so Lewis describes this process by which followers of Jesus discern which door, which room do I call home? Maybe you might be in the large hall today and you open a door and you find a chair and a fire in a fireplace and you feel led to make yourself comfortable in that room. You know, the doors are very different, right? We have Baptist, we have Orthodox, we have Presbyterian and Anglican. I could go on, right? But together, those doors leading to those rooms, leading to the great hall, represents mere Christianity. It represents God's global church. And for that, that we give thanks. That we give thanks for what God is doing beyond Myrtle Beach. So let's put up Psalms 105 verse 1. We give thanks to the Lord and we proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Again, notice thankfulness is tied to who God is. It's tied to God's unfailing love. And God's global church and mission is polycentric. That means everyone, all of us, to everywhere. 
John Stott famously said, we must be global people with a global vision because our God, he's a global God. And I don't think we need to be convinced of that. I don't think we really need to wrestle that out, but I do think we struggle with where to begin with that. I think about Brian and Ethan Bailey. They joined Doug Dorman in Zambia, Africa a few weeks ago. And we got to be a part of that. We got to resource them and encourage them. I think about Rick and Susan Harrell, who are missionaries from this church in Italy. And we have the opportunity to step in that with them as they ministered to the immigrant community and university students. I also think about Karen Catabaugh. She is the full-time InterVarsity Christian Fellowship staff at Coastal in the faraway world of Conway, right? But we get to enter into that with them and be a part of God's global mission and God's global vision for this world. So what I wanted to do, I want to read together out loud verse 1. So let's put that on the screens, and we're going to do this together starting at give. You guys ready? All right, let's do this. Nice and loud. Ready? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. So the second thing that we can be thankful for is the vineyard movement. The second thing that I am so thankful for is what God is doing within the vineyard. When I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina, my mentor at the time invited me to her church, and it happened to be a vineyard. I didn't know what I was signing up for, but I am so thankful for the vineyard because they introduced this community, this fellowship, introduced the Holy Spirit to my walk with Jesus. And it forever changed my relationship with God the Father. I am thankful for the Vineyard Movement. And you may not know this, but the Vineyard emerged on the scene in the 70s. So we had the Jesus People Movement, which was a spiritual awakening of a hippie culture, right? Thousands of young people were excited about God and rock and roll and drugs. That wasn't working for them. That wasn't working. So they were a subculture that was impacted by a ministry at Calvary Chapel in California. Okay, later, the first vineyard church was planted and sent out by Calvary Chapel in 1974. Well, today, there are over 2,400 vineyard churches across the world and growing, including Seacoast Vineyard Church, and we get to be a part of that. Now, I'm also thankful for the vineyard because of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful to be a part of an organization that acknowledges the third person of the Trinity, yes? I'm thankful that we are part of a church that partners with the Holy Spirit. John Wimber's perspective blows my mind. Here's what he says. All word and no spirit we dry up. All spirit and no word we blow up. With the spirit and the word we grow up. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready to grow up today, yeah? Yeah. Another thing that we can be thankful for within our church here in Myrtle Beach is coworkers in the gospel. Coworkers in the gospel. Those that you see on staff, those that are serving. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says that we should acknowledge those who work hard among us and hold them in high regard. And so I think about the Next Connection team who put out the donuts and the coffee and greeted you as you came in today. I think about the media team who puts the scripture on the slides so that we can forget our Bibles. 
I think about the worship team that has practice so that we can enter into and experience God during worship. I think about those that are serving here, that are volunteering here, and I am thankful for them. You're in your seat because someone put it there, and someone probably funded to get it there. We are thankful for that. And while Pastor Tim and Pastor Karen are taking a break this month, I've been really encouraged by those of you who decided to step up and not out. I've been encouraged by that. And that's something that we can all be thankful for. So here we go. We're going to say, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Starting at give. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. So we went macro with God's global church and thanking him for that. Then we went micro, thanking God for what he's doing here in the vineyard and specifically Seacoast Vineyard Church. Now we're going to go Big Mac. We're going to go bigger than macro because we are thankful. We are grateful for God's unfailing love. And so that's our last fill-in is that we give thanks for God's unfailing love. Psalms 107 addresses the reality that it's easy to be tempted to just thank God for your stuff, for your house, for your car, for your shoes, right? That's easy to do. And you should thank God for that stuff. But it addresses and reminds us that our focus should be on God. Our focus should be on his unfailing love for us and the world. You know, God has a great and wonderful plan for your life. Full of adventure. Full of purpose. Full of meaning for your life. The enemy also has a plan for your life to steal, kill, and destroy. And God wants us to realize that our focus should be on his love, his unfailing love that we see here in scripture. So listen, no matter how your world was rocked yesterday, and no matter what you lament today, and no matter what you worry about tomorrow, God loves you. God loves you. His love is constant. His love is consistent. His love endures forever. That meant his love endured for you last night. And the same love that's enduring for you forever is still enduring for you. It's still enduring for you. So I want to invite all of you to stand to your feet. And I'm going to read Psalms 107 out loud. Because I believe God wants to speak to some of you today. I believe that God wants to heal some of you today. I believe that God wants to minister to some of you. And I want to read Psalms 107. I'm going to ask that the nine verses that I read, that if anything in this scripture passage resonates with you or stands out to you, maybe it was something uh, that you heard earlier when we read it, I want to ask you to receive prayer for that, and I want you to step into the aisle. Just step into the aisle, and then we'll have a vineyard person praying for you. But I believe God wants to enter in today. Last weekend, my knee was bothering me, so what, what do you do? I get prayer for that. That's a need that I had. Brian and Jeff prayed for me, 
And I'm not going to leave church if I have a need. And if people are going to pray for me, I want to press into that. And so as I read this psalm, if anything feels like there's a highlighter for the season that you're in, step into the aisle and we'll have someone praying for you. So here we are, Psalms 107. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and they were thirsty and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. So I just wanna ask you, if you have something, there's a need, step into the aisle, let someone pray for you. Because scripture says he delivered them from their distress. Verse seven says he led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love as in his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. And so God, we just invite your spirit. God, we just pray that you would begin to minister to us. God, for the seasons we're in or the needs we have, or when we just want to say thank you, God, and we want to celebrate you. God, would you begin to mold our hearts and open our eyes to cultivating gratitude? God, we thank you. Your spirit is precious. And so we're just going to stay here for a little bit. It might feel awkward. It might feel weird. That's okay. We're just going to let the Holy Spirit just minister and work. And if there's a need, you can ask for prayer, and we're going to enter into a time of worship. And if you're a vineyard person and you see someone that is stepping into the aisle, introduce yourself. Go pray for that person. pray for that person. Thank you. Yep, right here and right here. Yep. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Yeah, God. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.